you know, the fragrance is about a kind of optimism about getting away, maybe getting away from it all. Um, and you know, I, I think a floating island is the kind of a perfect sort of epitome of that, isn't it? Really, um, you can be there away from all the stresses of life, um, and you can kind of be who you want to be there. Um, yeah. Hello, you're listening to Behind the Fragrance with Thomas Clipper. If you're interested in why scent is so important, how new men's colognes are created, and how small business brings a new product to market, this podcast is for you. I'm Antonio, one of the founders of Thomas Clipper. We're an independent men's cologne brand based in London. I'm Matt, the other founder of Thomas Clipper. So last week we decided on the scent for our new fragrance, Atlantic. It's going to be a fresh, optimistic and summery Neroli. Uh, and if you want to know more about that, uh, skip back to episode uh, two, the previous episode. And we go into a bit more detail about how we, how we chose it and what, it, what, it sort of, what the fragrance profile is. Uh, but this week we're talking about the packaging design. So the way the fragrance looks is really, really important because it sort of prepares you for what you're about to experience. It's a bit like an album sleeve was for, for records. So we work really hard to make sure we get it right, uh, to make sure that the bottle or the box that you're holding in your hand fits with the scent that you're about to experience. So with that in mind, we're letting our fantastic creative director, Stu, uh, take the reins on this one. Hello, Stu. Yeah, thanks, Matt. That's right. I'll be running the show today. And I'll start with a bang by announcing our guest designer for Atlantic. After a long search for the right look, we're chuffed to let you know that Rob, aka this northern boy, will be creating the art for the packaging. We're talking to Rob today about what it takes to translate a scent into something visual, what makes for a good collaboration, and getting out of your comfort zone. As well as the Atlantic Cologne, which we posted to Rob immediately after the selection last time, we also shared a playlist on Spotify to help him get into the mood that we thought the fragrance evoked. So as promised last time, we're doing our Desert Island Discs, or our Atlantic Island Discs at the end. Yes, there's a bit of news on that. After some Googling, it appears that we can't just play other people's music on our podcast. But never fear, we've got a Spotify playlist that you can listen to after. Just go to thomasclipper.com forward slash Atlantic playlist and you'll be magically taken there. Good news, everybody. I've got my ukulele, I've got my guitar, I've got my piano. So what I'll do is I'll just play songs inspired by, but absolutely not the same as everybody's choices. And as long as I'm sufficiently uh, not very good, which, which hopefully I won't be, I think we should be fine, legally speaking. Oh, God. Well, before that bombshell, let's introduce our fantastic designer. Best known online as this northern boy, Rob is one of the UK's most respected illustrators. He doesn't just create singular and beautiful pieces, although he does that, of course. He also creates worlds for them to live in. He's recently published his book, Weird Field World, and on his Innsmouth Lights Twitter account, at the Innsmouth, he's creating an otherworldly story, constructing a world located in what he calls an unknown ocean, fitting then that we're throwing him headlong into the Atlantic. You can find out more about his amazing work at thisnorthernboy.blog. We're absolutely delighted to have him on board. So, hello, Rob. Thanks so much for joining this morning. It's really great to catch up with you. Thanks a lot for having me on. So because it's a podcast and you can't see things on podcasts, we thought the first thing that we should do is to let you take us through your creative process and then maybe tell us a bit about your style and the design for Atlantic. Yeah, um, well, that was... I gave you four ideas, and the Floating Island, uh, which was the route that we chose, is very much the most me of all those ideas. So the others kind of, in terms of style, were, you know the execution would have been recognizably me but this one is is content and style it's you know i draw floating islands so this floating island 
with a, a lighthouse on top and it's kind of got a little lighter and some little buildings like kind of beach hut type things and parasols and that it's about trying to create something that can be um, recognizable as as kind of that kind of beach life um, but it's not specific so it's not a, a picture of a I don't know some nice bay in Cornwall or the Algarve or it's not it's not a picture of the Hamptons or Martha's Vineyard this is kind of uh, in between everyone's idea of kind of an Atlantic island and that uh, kind of aspirational uh, time that you could spend there so it can be whatever you know whoever's wearing the scent whoever's buying the, the scent it can they can kind of feed into it what they see as Atlantic so it's it's there are some specifics there um, you know the three little birds that kind of echo the logo that you have um, and there are elements that you know are going to remind you of spending time and uh, kind of in these places but it's there's a bit of ambiguity as well and a bit of mystery about it that allows you to make of it what you want um, one of the things that we found really interesting that was that as well as wanting to smell the fragrance and, and sort of live with the fragrance before the design process began, uh, you also asked us for a playlist inspired by uh, the fragrance. I think that the scent itself, which I really love, and I, and I, I put the scent on every time I work on the project, um, I think that's, that's probably more like a, a subliminal thing. I just kind of want it to be there while I'm working on it. Um, the music is something that I've taken to doing if I'm illustrating something whether it's myself or a client or a commission or one of the projects that I've got going I just tend to listen to music that's appropriate to that theme it's partly to kind of get you in a mood for what you're drawing and specifically for this one it, it gives me more of an insight into the kind of feel that you were going for when we started talking about this and you said Atlantic I had a very different idea of you know I had one Atlantic in my head and you had a very different one and partly that's because I'm working on a little private uh, personal project in the minute which is about an island set in the middle of an ocean but that is very much you know uh, the theme from the lighthouse film it's stormy moody brooding stuff so that was when you said Atlantic I kind of had that in my head. So getting the music, you know, very much took me in a different direction. Well, can, I, can I ask, because I, I, I love that about it, like how do you, so do you have an idea in your head of what is going on on, on this island in particular or in, indeed on your islands in general? Like, you know, is this a dystopian island or are they utopian or, or, or you know, or somewhere in between or is it actually today but somewhere else? And if you do, how do you create that ambiguity? Because that's that's one of the things I really love the way that it's like a it's a tapestry that people can, you know, build upon their own images on top of that. Like how how do you, how do you how do you do that? I think one of the reasons for the ambiguity is there's very rarely any people in my illustrations. So looking at it, you were the person in it. So that allows you to tell your own story. Um, I mean, it's definitely that kind of utopian thing. I, you know, I imagine when I'm drawing 
I've always I, I'm always either drawing from some kind of idea and when I think of ideas they're almost always story related or I can be doodling away but as I'm sketching something you know if I'm just drawing for the fun of it and I don't necessarily know what I'm going to draw that almost always becomes a story in my head which is, I guess is why I'm an illustrator and not a fine artist because I want the pictures to tell a story even if it's not obvious um, but I think the lack of people in my pictures does allow you to to place yourself there and then it becomes your story not mine you've got like this quite realistic kind of world that you've created but then there's something underneath it literally in this case you've, you've got this kind of iceberg you know the the island isn't physically possible, right? Yeah. You've created something that looks super detailed and super constructed. It's a world, but it's got a twist to it. And that's what, like, some of the best sci-fi storytellers do. They create a world that is completely recognisable, but for one little one little element. Is that what you were sort of yeah. going for? Or? Yeah, I think that's always... That's kind of always in my mind when I'm drawing landscapes or buildings or floating islands. Um... I want them to look believable, but I want that kind of magic realism sort of twist on it. You know, this is a kind of a normal place, but it's got this incredibly abnormal thing about it. I think a lot of the time when I when I draw floating islands, I imagine the people living there as either not knowing that they're living on a floating island, or they're completely oblivious to it. You know, they just don't care. It's not. It's not a strange thing to them. So everything about the island is is completely normal. Everyone's going about their lives in a completely normal way. Just, you know, not caring about the fact that this island is defying all the laws of physics. So when you're kind of when you're creating this this island, in your head, in a, is there a world where there are many floating islands, and or is there is there only one? The little personal project I'm working on at the minute uh, which is called Innsmouth so it's this Lovecraftian you know much darker thing but that the people of Innsmouth are living on a floating island in the middle of the ocean and they are very much definitely the only floating island anywhere um, but I think a lot of the time when I draw them it's it's some world it's a little bit Gulliver's Travels you know because there were floating islands and that I mean it's, the idea of a floating island you know uh, the film Avatar is full of them. Roger Dean's illustration work for kind of prog rock in the 60s was full of floating islands. But you have to go all the way back to Gulliver, um, and probably way before that. You know, there's probably stuff in myth about floating islands. So it's it's uh, it's something that's kind of in the the subconscious, I think, of of everyone. But a lot of the time. Yeah, it's uh, some weird society or weird world where islands just float. And I think, again, it's that escapism. It's I want to draw things that surprise you and just make you kind of think, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, in terms of escapism, I think probably there's it's a moment in time where we all want to escape a bit. And I don't, I don't know. Certainly, looking at looking at your piece made me feel like it reflected that in the fragrance. You know, like the fragrance feels super summery, super optimistic. It takes you somewhere that we. I mean, 
we're in we're in lockdown right now. This probably won't go in the podcast. It's too depressing. But anyway, we're we're in lockdown right now, and and it's and it's cold and all that sort of stuff. And but but the fragrance takes you somewhere else. And in the same way, the island the island does. I I, I don't know. Can you yeah. speak a little bit more about that sort of escapism and how it relates to the fragrance and how it links to the island and that sort of thing? I think that's that's you kind of nailed it there. That you know the fragrance is about that kind of optimism about getting away, maybe getting away from it all. Um, and you know, I, I think a floating island is the kind of a perfect sort of epitome of that, isn't it? Really, um, you can be there away from all the stresses of life, um, and you can kind of be who you want to be there. Um, yeah. Okay, so now we're on to our desert island. Sorry, Atlantic island discs. So as Rob mentioned, we sent through a Spotify playlist that we thought evoked the feeling of Atlantic. We're going to post the playlist on our blog and on Facebook, Twitter and the usual places like that. But we thought we'd do a quick top tracks from everyone here. So Rob, as you're our guest, why don't you kick off? Do you have a track that you think represents the illustration the fragrance is best? Uh, so the track that, when we first started talking about this, the track that came to mind is Old Pine by Ben Howard, um, which is this kind of sunny acoustic sort of uplifting um kind of folk pop really um but i weirdly it's got sort of two atlantic connections it feels like a kind of cornish summer song to me but i found it because i was on vimeo and i can't remember how but i found this video this short film called uh dark side of the lens by a company called astray films it's this really moody atlantic surfer film uh, with kind of a spoken word poetry over the top by this surfer who's also a cinematographer and it's beautifully shot and really moody and I loved it and then Astray Films had also directed the video for Ben Howard's Old Pine so I found it through that so it's kind of from one one side of the Atlantic kind of feel to the other with the, the Ben Howard song um, and, and they couldn't look more different, these films. You know, one is black and white and moody and grainy, and the other's all kind of that kind of late, late in the day, summer sun, golden hour type stuff. Um, but I love the song. It's uh, it's just a really beautiful, uplifting song, I think, and uh, I think it fits quite well with, with this while I've been working on it. Excellent choice. Excellent Good. choice. Man. Glad you like yeah. it. No, we do. We do. And, and also, Matt, I mean, Matt's going to play us out with it. So, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll gonna, well. I, a track that is inspired by, but has nothing to do with, <laughs> legally speaking, has nothing to do with the track, the track that may or may not have been mentioned. All right, Steve, what's, what, was your, what, was your, um, what was your track? So, so for me, I was thinking about um, the uh, east coast of America. Um, and I started thinking about, you know, bands that I sort of used to listen to, like from New York, like, you know, like Talking Heads or um, anyone that played in CBGBs and stuff like that. And I, I, it felt a bit too cold for me. Um, but there's, there's a band uh, called Love and Spoonful who did a, um, they did a song called Summer in the City. Um, and that, for me, started to kind of invoke the, the sort of the warmth um, that I associate with, with the Atlantic, really. Um, but it's not their version. Um, there's a there's a much better version by Quincy Jones. 
which just kind of walks all over the original, I think. Um, and when I was younger, uh, there was a, um, a CD compilation called Black Exploitation, uh, which kind of had loads of like sort of funk and sort of jazz songs, kind of 70s stuff on it. Um, and on the, on the Quincy Jones version, it kind of starts off really instrumental um, and it sort of builds and it start, you start to feel really, it kind of gets, gets your blood pumping and you start to feel a bit hot. Um, but then it's got these strings that kind of cut in um, and, and the singer on it, Valerie Simpson, she's, she sort of screams this kind of, oh yeah, and it kind of, it just sort of cools it right down. And it's sort of, for me, that's kind of, it kind of linked it to Atlantic because it's that kind of the initial, um, the initial thing I get from it is warmth, but then it kind of cools down over time. So that's kind of, that's why I picked mine. Great, great choice from Stuart. So I'll, I'll go next then. So my track was um, Love's In Need Of Love by Stevie Wonder, which is the first track on um, Songs In The Key Of Life. Do you guys know this one? Yeah, yeah. So the first good choice. Thank you. The first ten seconds of it. So I'm trying to trying to pick something that kind of reflected Atlantic. I know that's what we're all doing. So, but but what I was going for was like something that immediately when you put it on, kind of felt like how Atlantic feels when you immediately put it on. And for me, that's like immediately I like take a breath out. I feel like more positive, more optimistic. That and and loves the need of love absolutely does that. Um, you kind of just stop thinking about um, anything else. You just listen to it. You just let it kind of wash over you. It's a beautiful intro. And the whole song's great. But also, there's this other sort of, like like Rob, like you're saying, sort of a double, double um, reason for picking it, I guess. For Love's In Need Of Love, it's because it's the beginning of an incredible album and so you hear that and you're not just hearing that but you're also like imagining Sir Duke and you're you're imagining Pastime Paradise and you're imagining all the other amazing tracks on that, on that album and you know what's coming and it kind of feels like you know if you were if you were waking up on this beautiful island that you've constructed Rob and this beautiful imaginary kind of world where we're all you know in the sun and, and everything's great and you put on Atlantic in the morning it's kind of like this day is going to be absolutely brilliant and that's that's kind of how love's in need of love feels like it feels like the next the next hour of my life is guaranteed going to be better because of this album um so yeah that's that's why i picked that one that's a great reason for picking it lovely choice, lovely choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh is it is it yeah you're up tones uh, I, I've, 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 I've always loved and hated these questions because I always have a mental blank. So I, I thought it was important to give something sort of sophisticated, something that had a connection with the Atlantic Ocean, something, you know, someone that maybe men loved, but also women loved as well. So obviously you had to go for Ricky Martin, she bangs. <laughs> <laughs> However, there were, in, in, the, in the event that that gets cut, um, uh, I, the, the, the song that did actually originally first come to me and then it made me feel older than I feel, uh, but maybe not older than I am, was uh, more Cheevers the Sea. I, th I think like the, the notes are very lofty and airy. And then the singer's voice, Sky Edwards, who I don't think she's done, I don't think they've, they've done anything for 
about 15 years, but mm. um, was just, like there was something very like piercing and slightly different about it. And I think the Neroli notes to me, like they they, they have a uh, an, an an element of something of, 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 of difference and surprise, but that goes well with the calmingness. Um, that you get from the, from the softer citric notes. So anyway, that, that was what actually came to mind. But I maintain she bangs is also wholly appropriate. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so a more cheaper track is a cracker. Yeah, it is. It is. We should have, we'll, we'll add that into the playlist. I'm not certain we're going to add Ricky Martin into the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Very popular, that's all I'm saying. Well, that's my hosting over for this week at least. Thanks so much for joining us today, Rob, and for your amazing work. Fantastic. Well, thanks for thanks for having me on. It's always a lot of fun to do these kind of things. Uh, and thanks for getting me involved in the project, because, you know, it's a bit different to the things that I normally work on. And it's been a lot of fun, and uh, it's been really nice working with you guys. So I'll say goodbye, and I'll best get drawing. That's all for this week. Next week, we've got a special treat, some frequently asked questions. Poss- possibly fragrantly asked questions. Would that work? Mm. So to make sure you never miss one of Matt's wonderfully terrible puns again and to learn the answers to the most pressing fragrance questions that you've been asking, remember to like and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts, obviously, to like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get uh, your podcast from because uh, otherwise why would we be saying this anywho uh, you should also tell a friend who could be interested in this sort of thing thanks so much for joining us i've been antonio i've been Stu. i'm matt and do remember to follow us on instagram to see some of rob's amazing design work come to life uh, as it will over the over the coming days uh, this has been behind the fragrance from thomas clipper goodbye <laughs> <laughs>